Richard, thanks for joining the Stepsetto podcast. You're a personal trainer for about 10 years. You funded Employees Health in 2019. Mental health means a big deal to you. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Super. Same here. I'll kick off with an easy one and uh, and we'll take it from there. Uh, can you please tell me, uh, just to start the conversation, why is well-being in general, but specifically mental well-being, so important to you? Good question. Um, uh, well-being, well-being is the, like the the foundation of of life, right? We we live in in a, in my retrospect a really relatively short period of time um, in in comparison to how long this earth has been going. Um, and I feel like, what is the point of going through this very short period of time? if we aren't happy and fulfilled uh, and then you can add healthy into that just because i find the element of health means you can do that for longer um, without the health risks or implica implications of that um we're really focused clear mind of what we're trying to achieve that, that that piece of work around connection to, to purpose and passion all that kind of stuff really drives the home to to why we're here as well i think that for me is the most important part and then when we look at mental well-being and on top of that as you said it's around happiness um we always think about mental well-being as potentially poor mental well-being but if we actually look at mental well-being as a sliding scale of um unhappiness or poor mental health to optimal happiness and optimal mental health then we want to to try and do everything we can in our power to to stay near the the, the happiness and optimal well-being for as long as possible on a consistent basis of course, that makes sense. And you spoke to me um, in one of our intro chats about the idea of positive well-being. Um, is this correlated, I believe, with the idea of uh, happiness you just mentioned? Yeah, hundred percent. Positive well-being for me is that, like the outlook we have, um, and being able to to try and change our mindset to to kind of creating more positives in our world. Um, I think the world is set up now to be very negative. The, the media we see, the, the interactions we have, the mindsets we take, um, the way we look at everything in life is very potentially negative. Um, and so trying to think about positives and what really brings us joy and trying to create and be involved in more of that positive is potentially the most important thing we can we can do um, for, our, for our mental well-being and well-being overall and happiness, as you said. Now the question would be, and obviously I agree with this, right? Like there's a lot of negativity around and wherever you open the news, whichever kind of news you follow, you tend to fall into this negative pit somehow. I know that you are working long and hard on bringing better health and a better perspective and more happiness specifically to companies and, and employees. Um, how do we bridge let's say this need for positivity that we long for in the world with companies with professionals with employees how do we bring that positivity into a company environment you think uh that we that's uh <laughs> probably a very kind of sectionally sectional kind of question right there's probably very different elements to to this um and i suppose it comes from both the company um, and what the environment you're in 
um, and the, the culture that, that is created in your company, uh, but also comes from the understanding of what we need to achieve as human beings. There's a really nice theory out there called self-determination theory, uh, and it talks around three different elements. The first element is mastery, wanting to achieve, wanting to accomplish, wanting to, uh, to feel levels of success in the things and the tasks we do. That's in work, out of work, uh, in our behaviours, in our goals, and in all of the, our actions we take. We want to feel like we're succeeding and, and mastering skills. The second section is um, autonomy, having the full control over the behaviours, the, our life, our actions, our, our decisions, um, to, to kind of feel fulfilled, comforted, and have that control. We'd like, we need that. Um, this is where work comes into it, and this is where the balance of, of autonomy can, can be really difficult. As a self-employed business owner, I have a more autonomy um, than, let's say, an employee sometimes. But if you can figure out where the autonomy and your control lies, then that's going to make you feel better. And then the last one is relatedness, and this is where workplaces can really kind of dive into, and potentially where, because of the pandemic, we've maybe lost, and that's relatedness. The, the element of connection and belonging and because now we are let more work from home flexible working and uh, aren't together as much as we used to we probably are suffering on that, that level and that social ability social interaction and connection through uh, through our employees so i mean in a very short story in a very short story i think if a workplace uh, and employees combine into trying to figure out how somebody can maximize those three elements are you going to make a big big impact on someone's well-being that's uh that's a much more detailed answer than i was even expecting <laughs> that's great i mean i i i loved it and you you sort of like anticipated where i wanted to go i guess um which is you mentioned the pandemic which is very much on on everyone's mind unfortunately given you know what exactly what you said so these three pillars of mastery autonomy relatedness but in general like the idea of 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 well-being and and mental well-being how do you believe this has changed in the past in the past few years you've obviously interacted with with companies with professionals with uh, with uh, um, individual contributors with leaders have you noticed or perceived particular change in over the past few years when it comes to health and, and and mental health i think it's been a big change and i think it comes back to our last piece and uh, around social connection social interaction and the working from home and the battle that work employees and and work places and ceos and big board level are having to get against each other so we look at that battle it's I want to work from home because I want more freedom and I want more autonomy and workplaces are like, yeah, look, I want you in the workplace because I want you to be working. We're paying you to do a job. And so it's this, this big battle between workplaces and, and the, the flexible working narrative that we're going through at the moment. And so that's having a big impact and that's causing a lot of rift. And you can see more and more companies now bringing people back for longer amounts of time, but there's been, there's elements of good for both. And there's arguments that, that both being in the workplace is really good for employees and for the business. Ultimately, without the business thriving, the employees probably might not have a job in the end of it. But there's also good opportunities for productivity at work, at home, sorry, when there isn't the distraction. Some people need that distraction, like to lose the distractions of colleagues so that they can have that focused time on admin, the roles which just need to be done. I'm, I'm one of these people, if I've got too many things going on around me, 
I'm probably going to be distracted from doing the admin roles and the bits, which maybe I'm, I'm not, I don't enjoy it. Right. But I need that sense of connection. And I love the fact that I can be around people. So you can see how that brings me fulfillment and happiness and that connection to, 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 to work. And when we look at self-determination theory, another way to look at this is, is uh, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Have you heard of that? I am. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so wicked. So you know that obviously the, the, the base level of that is kind of just your, your standard psychological needs or physiological needs, right? Then you got that uh, safety element. So we have to feel safe. And so the job aspect of that is really important. But then that third piece is just that connection and belonging, love, connection and belonging. And I think that's the, the, the impact on employees um, and poor mental well-being and mental well-being piece that we aren't getting out as much and seeing and connecting with our employees and feeling part of a team as much as we used to. Hmm. Interesting. And based on everything that you've seen and you're experiencing through your line of work and the conversation that's, that you're having, and this is a big question, I know, but do you see any trend being shaped? Like, let's say if we if we look at the workplace a few years from now, and this is a million dollar question, obviously, do you expect or foresee any, any trend for better or for worse, um, be it like related to these specific dimensions of self-determination theory or be it related to anything uh within an organization as long as it has to do with obviously employees health i think one of the, the real positives that come out of of the pandemic is the narrative around the importance of poor poor mental well-being poor health mental health um companies are way more aware of the impact of poor mental health due to the, the awareness we've raised, potential experiences they've gone through personally, um, both through that level of stress um, and the, and the, all the statistics coming out around poor mental health, burnout, and how much all that is costing. So there has been this massive piece around awareness for, for mental health, poor well-being. Um, and so that's going to get a really impact. And, and that's been one of the biggest kind of changes since COVID or the pandemic has kind of come upon. And so now companies are really making that or trying to make that change. The challenge is it's very new for companies. So they're not really knowing what the best thing is. Um, and you're seeing this all the time. And, you, and you, you've got companies on very different kind of places in this journey. Some people are just starting to implement stuff now and they're just looking at maybe workshops and finding that hmm, that's okay but it's not making long-term change or they're implementing an eap and saying the eap is the job which is going to fix that person or going to be create less burnout in the workplace but and then you've got some which are kind of doing well being really well and understanding the whole piece around connection and um giving people autonomy and just that kind of self-determination theory um and coaching and all this kind of stuff and anything in between and so companies are really trying to figure out what that culture and company needs to do and also how to be the best leader manager ceo slash employees they can be so it's a journey but the nice thing is people are the companies are beginning to recognize this businesses are beginning to recognize what they can do and beginning to look or try to make a, a change um and i say most companies are mm, fair enough um, that you know of, that you see, are there very different approaches being carried through for senior leaders or leaders compared to individual contributors? Or do you believe that, or do you see, let's put it this way, do you see companies being more active towards working with 
leadership rather than the larger company? It's an interesting one. A lot of conversations I'm having at the moment are very much uh, about senior leaders. And so senior leaders and kind of above are very important kind of role players for this. Um, and so they have a big impact on the employees. And there's a, there's a nice kind of say in that people don't leave organizations, they leave managers or teams, right? And so it's a big part of an employee's kind of experience of work. Um, but And so senior leaders have that ability. They also have the impact of being able to, to be the culture change and how the culture feels within a workplace. And so if you've got somebody at the, top of the, at the very top or in the board and they're, they're all very focused on positive mental well-being and good mental health and good um, health and well-being activities and social interaction and connection and all this stuff and they understand the impact and the power that has and the self-determination theory and how that impacts people and stuff like this. The culture in that workplace is great. But then when you don't, you have this button of heads between like this board and senior leaders and they're just getting squeezed between the two of, of employees wanting to be looked after to achieve, to exceed and have this great culture, board level wanting things to be done. And so they're just getting squeezed in the middle between the two expectations. And so we're, we're looking to support those people as much as we can. You know, one of the things we didn't do that now is coaching and helping them manage their, their work, work um place well-being as well as their own personal well-being as well that's great thanks for your answer and there was another piece that i thought was super interesting that we covered when we were having our first chat and it was the idea of the corporate athlete mm -hmm. can i ask you to maybe unpack that for me yeah so um jim Rohn and tony something um kind of put this term together um and it's the ability for a professional um, to manage their their lifestyle very similar to how an athlete would manage their performance, and it's being able to have good energy and to perform consistently for a long period of time is kind of the basis of it. But the, to do that, you need to make sure that you have got some good things in place. So, the corporate athlete will have a good work life balance. Um, they're going to look at self development learning and development and um, they're going to have good nutrition good exercise good kind of boundaries on work all these things which play a big impact on a person's energy levels for a long period of time it's kind of the message behind the corporate athlete um and there's kind of similar to the hierarchy of needs there's this this performance triangle um which base bases the the bottom of the foundation is that physical capacity how much what kind of physical um capacity does that one person have then it goes into the emotional capacity how much can they control their emotions and have that good level of emotional intelligence then it's the mental capacity how much can we clear our minds and get rid of the voices and then it's that spiritual which is kind of looking at our whys our purpose our passions and then utilizing and putting things in place that we can kind of focus on those as well because ultimately all of these things lead to good energy levels and if you follow i always look at elon musk in regards to spiritual because ultimately he potentially isn't the best corporate athlete but he's he's so driven by his purpose of saving the planet and and helping the planet survive as long as possible that he will work into the ground and do all these kind of businesses so that the companies can survive and people can can be their best selves and so that's his purpose and so it's being able to kind of create energy from these different elements 
Um, and so the best corporate athlete will make sure that they're active, they're outdoors, they're getting sunlight. Um, they will also have action, actions or rituals or habits that look after their emotional mental capacity as well as being able to understand and reflect and on their spiritual kind of capacity as well. It's interesting, you know, because if you think about it, it's fairly obvious uh, as a, let's say, let's say you, you lead a company of whichever size and you do want your employees to be treated as in this case, as corporate athletes, because you do want your employees to to stay with you for a long period of time and obviously thrive and perform and 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 all of, and and all what comes with it. However, I see very few companies, at least in my experience, that do this proactively. And if let's say we take the the physical part or the or simply the nutrition part, a few companies or very few companies would educate you proactively on why that is important and how that is connected with performance. What you see all over the place, you might see some, some interesting perks, companies providing good, 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 healthy meals. But the educational part is what they what they mostly lack. They don't tell you why that is important. They don't tell you uh, why it matters to you and to the company and to ultimately to the to your performance and to your well-being. Is this you think due to a lack of preparation, uh, due to a lack of knowledge, ultimately, uh, lack of resources, what could that be? I think it, I think it's a few things. I think it's lack of resources. I think it's lack of knowledge. I think it's the lack of care, um, potentially. Not under, their own not understanding of how this impacts as well, right? And so it is, it, it is a tough one to put your finger on why companies aren't doing it more um because if you if you really think about it, and as you were speaking there it's just like if you look at it i always try to put myself in the ceo's chair right and position they want their employees to work as hard as they can and perform at best that they can because they're the ones paying them right and if you're paying somebody money you want them to perform at their very very best but at some point you have to figure out as an employer as an employer ceo whoever, whoever your title is you have to figure out okay how do they do that and we know that if you go and have fast food half an hour later you're not going to feel 100 percent. whereas if you know if you have good nutritious food which is focused on giving you energy then you're probably going to be more likely to perform at your best after you're going to have higher energy levels you aren't going to have that dip and spike of of insulin which dives you into like a, a tiredness state and so and then, it, and then it's the same for all of it, right? If you've got good boundaries and you've got good energy and whatever that, that is that creates that one person, this is where the corporate athlete comes into it um, and the, the, the different capacities and different elements of well-being. I think it's then you go, okay, actually, this is why we do this. This is why we need to do this. This is why we need to help our important and, and, and inform our employees to make those best decisions. But it goes back to the saying, you, you can take a, a horse to water can't make him drink. And that's potentially one of the biggest issues within engagement within businesses, along with time allowed to go and do stuff. Fair enough. I also, as you were speaking, I was thinking, if you think about employee A joining any company and coming in, and the first thing you do usually is the is the onboarding, right? Like you get onboarded and, and most of the information you get, and it's usually like an a massive load of information that you get it's about the product the service internal processes and uh, and and you know whatever activities you will be performing in the future but there is nothing 
or usually very little about anything that has been discussed in the last 15-20 minutes, right? There is nothing about physical uh, performance, nothing about mental performance, nutrition, definitely nothing about being corporate athlete. But uh, that's also the reason why we're having this conversation, right? Um, if you could imagine the workplace five years from now, do you have any hope for one change, if you could choose, if you had a magic wand, one change, one specific thing that would change the order of how things are managed within a company five years from now? One thing. And my brain keeps going to the senior, the roles of the senior leaders. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously different levels of that. And so I think they all have a big role. Um, and I think it comes down to the encouragement of people looking after themselves for, for performance. Like people have to understand they're employed to do a job and, and, and employed to, to perform at their very, very best. Right. But if you do, if you ask someone to work 20 hours a day for, for, for 10 years, that person isn't going to perform very well. So it's understanding what that means and what they're paid to do. And, and so people want, we want our people to perform at their very, very best. So give them the opportunity to do that through managing their energy levels by looking after their health and well-being. And so that's why I think the power, that's where the power really comes from, is allowing senior leaders to, to really encourage them and people to look after their health and well-being. Um, and if that happens, I think a lot of issues within the, in, in the world in general begin to change, right? Hopefully, hopefully, health issues and health risks begin to reduce all that kind of stuff. But that would be my one thing: is the the role and the impact that that senior leaders uh, and just the messages that senior leaders are really putting out there. Do you think, in the sense that uh, it is absolutely crucial that a senior leader sort of like paves the way for this change by embracing the change themselves? Hundred percent. 100%. You lead by by uh, demonstration, right? If my senior leader is doing this, then I can do this as well. Um, if my senior leader is big on connection and gets a team together, then we're going to get together. We're going to have that connection. If my senior leader gets out, make sure he has does his exercise every day and encourages people to do their exercise and get out and understand what that means. And uh, that, that, that team is going to do that. If, if, my senior leader eats really well and brings in good food to the workplace and encourages people to do that and it brings people in like myself and others to, to, to educate them. That's going to make a big difference to people. And so, yes, that's, that's again, senior leaders to, to, to role model this is important. I appreciate your answer, Richard. And we're, we're heading towards the end of our conversation and time flies and there's a, uh... There's one final question I'll, I'll leave you with, and that is related to specifically employees' health and, and um, the plan for what you, or what you envision for employees' health in the, in the future, what you're planning to achieve, and obviously, how do people reach out to you in case they get curious by you know, this conversation and want to know more about the activity that you're performing right now? Huh. Good question. So the plan for employees' health. Employees' health, the main plan is to, to help educate people how they can live healthier, happier lifestyles. 
so people can thrive, right? Like I said, the very first message of this whole pod- chat, podcast, whatever you want to call it, was around, we're on this planet for a very short period of time. How do we go through this planet being the happiest and healthiest version of ourselves? That's, that's the main focus for, for employees' health, to get people to do that, employees to do that. The next plan is to help senior leaders manage their, their well-being through coaching, manage their performance and well-being through coaching. So that then they can lead their employees to do that as well. So the impact through education and then role modeling is super important to us. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's um, our plan is to just help businesses and employees and businesses just perform at their very, very best and thrive, um, reduce, reduce rates of burnout, reduce poor mental health. Um, and another thing which is super close to me is just bringing the, the rate of suicide down. Uh, and the rate of poor mental health in 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 young people and young males, especially for me, uh, is super important. Well, that's obviously a very noble endeavor. I I wish you the 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 absolute best. It's something that we definitely need more of, as we as we discussed. And thank you very much for taking the time for having this chat with me. How how does one get in touch with you? Um, best way to get in touch with me is through LinkedIn, probably. Um, jump on my LinkedIn page at Richard Turner, um, Employees Health. Um, you can also find more information about us on our website or emailing me at richard at employeeshealth.co.uk. Um, they're kind of the best ways to really get in contact and see what we're doing. And we run podcasts for HR people and people in businesses and figure out how they can support and what other companies are doing really, really well so they can take that information away. But we also run a free monthly wellbeing session. Um, and I'm also there to, to have a conversation around how you can support your employees as well. So any of those different ways, please do come along and just follow me as much as you can. That's amazing, Richard. Best of luck with that. And I hope we can have a similar chat very soon. I'll be monitoring the success of employees' health. And uh, again, thank you so much for making the time, man. Yeah, Matteo, thank you for inviting me on here. It's been a pleasure. Um, and I hope, you fan, I hope your fans, uh, people watching this, enjoy this conversation as well. I appreciate it.